Come on, can you guys give him a, just a warm welcome? David Wagner. We're so glad you're here. Hey, can you just extend your hands? Let's just pray for him. Lord, we just bless David. And Lord, I just thank you even just personally, Lord, for how much his voice and, and even the father that he is has marked Emily and I's life. Lord, some of the most significant things that we've walked through have been instigated by a word from David Wagner. And it's not, it's significant. And I thank you for the father that he is here at Convergence. And we just say we receive him as a father. We receive him as a father, Lord. And we thank you for the voice that he is to the nations. And I just even thank you, Lord, that, that you are just going to release more through him, Lord, as he speaks, Lord. And that you would bless him, bless his family. And we just thank you for what you're doing, Lord, in this season, Lord. And we just say yes to all that you have in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, David, we love you. Well, good morning. It's great to be in the house this morning. I'm like King David who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, there's something about being in the house of the Lord. There's something about being in the presence of God because everything you need is in the house. Everything you need is in his presence. Aren't you thankful for the overflow of that today? I've actually taken it a step further, and I told my kids that if they want their inheritance, they actually have to go to church <laughs> because their inheritance is in the house. I love what King David said. He said, I've set my affection on the house of God, and I've given more than anybody else to see it built. He was saying that everything I have, everything that I am, belongs to him, and I want to see a place where God can dwell. I'm not just talking about a building and a with bricks and stone, but I'm talking about being those people who are actually the dwelling places of God. And I really believe this, that God's not just looking for a place, he's looking for a people. It's often that he'll move in a place and then on a people, but I believe here there's something really significant. As I was just driving in from the airport last night into Fort Worth, I just kept hearing like the sound of a Liberty Bell ringing out uh, and I felt like the Lord was saying, freedom is here. And wh what I felt like the Lord was really doing is, is there is a freedom that God is releasing to the people of God. But also I believe there's a freedom that, that God, as soon as people come in to the environment of Fort Worth, as soon as they come in, uh, chains are going to break, spirits are going to leave, demonic oppression is going to lift off because they're actually stepping into a place where God dwells. Uh, and, and there's something about that. I, I felt like there's a, a clearing of the air. There's a sweeping out of the corners. That's what I really believe God has been doing over the course of the last few weeks around America. It, it's actually the Lord is bringing this place where we're at not just at a, a turning point, but actually a tipping point. Because the turning and the tipping go together. There, there's a turning from sin and a turning towards God. But it also releases the, the tipping point, the overflow of heaven, And I believe right now that we're in a season where the Lord's about to turn the trickle into a flood. Come on, the Lord is actually getting you ready to, to, for, for the floodgates of heaven to be opened up uh, uh, over your life, over your family, over this house, and over this region. That there's something special that God has marked you for. And, uh, and, and I believe that, that you're stepping into something that is beyond. How, how many know that God doesn't do what he used to do? He does what he's always done. 
Can, can I say that again? Because I've never said it before. It's one of those things that come out of your mouth and you go, wow, that, that's pretty profound yet simple, right? God doesn't do what he's done before. He, he does what he's always done, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you thankful for that? Hebrews 13 and 8, that's the Bible. That's really good that I should know that, right? The Bible says now Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the tension for me in that scripture. The God who never changes is always changing. The God who never changes is always changing. He's always changing me or changing how I see him. Can I tell you something? He's the same, but how I'm discovering him, how I'm seeing him is different. Because every time you turn, you see a dimension of a holiness you've never seen before. You see a dimension of worth you've never seen before. You see a dimension of the healer you've never encountered before. You've seen another dimension of him. So he keeps coming as he is, but to you it's new, but to him it's just, it's the same. He's constant and consistent. But, and this is where I believe what the Lord is doing. He's actually healing us of being blinded by the familiar. There's been a blindness in the body of Christ where we've actually been blinded by the familiar. Because we hear a song, we go, oh, I sang that before. We hear a word, we go, oh, I heard that word before. Or, or, or you see a miracle and you go, wow, I've seen that done before. And I'm telling you, the Lord is actually breaking off the, the, the blindness of familiarity off of our lives that we can actually celebrate every time God does something in our midst. I, I want to celebrate God healing a hangnail or a hangover just like I do cancer. Why? But because I know I can't do any of that in my own. So if he heals a hangnail, I want to celebrate it. If he heals cancer, I want to celebrate it. And can I tell you something? We, we've actually got to come to a place where we stop measuring the miracle. We need to stop measuring the miracle because what that really is is comparison. My miracle is greater than your miracle. My story is greater than your story. And the moment I start comparing, I'll actually start competing. So I'll, we'll try to out-testify, out-prophesy, out-preach, out-worship, all of those things. And, and we'll miss the moment that marks us, which is enjoying God and letting God enjoy us. Come on, I believe that we're on the verge of something so amazingly outrageous in the kingdom of God. And it is a season of the Malachi miracle. He said in the last chapter, last verse of the Old Testament, that, that he would turn the hearts of fathers to children and children back to their fathers. I believe we're about to watch, we're about to witness the Malachi miracle happen right before our eyes. There, there's something significant about the hour that we're living in. I, I believe that there's something wildly exceptional in the presence of God this morning. It's really great to be here. And uh, we have another announcement to make, which is, on Wednesday, March 8th, is a day of the miracle of all miracles when Marcy Fish was born. Uh, and, and so, I, I don't know how she does it, but she maintain, maintains 39 every year. And so, see that? And uh, it's just good to be here and uh, to be a part of the great legacy that's happened in this house. And Steve and Marcy have been good friends. I was just thinking today that I met Marcy 11 years ago, about this month, uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, and then shortly after that, we were all together. The fish 
family and I were all together in Mozambique, and then I, I came here for the first time in July of 2013. Uh, and so for 10 years, uh, I've been a part of Convergence, and I love it. And to see uh, what uh, is happening here with, with Andrew and uh, Emily and their amazing family, how it's growing and how they're leading the church. I actually eavesdrop. I try to eavesdrop every week. And the messages that these two are preaching and Wesley's preaching uh, and uh, it's just it's phenomenal. Uh, and I'm just telling you this not because uh, I'm wanting to you know, just throw niceties out there. I'm just saying it, it's something that when I can listen into what God is speaking and it feeds me, that's amazing. Because as I travel, how many know, and, and I minister, I actually need to be fed. And so sometimes I'll just tune into what's happening here and it feeds my soul. Watching what the Lord's done over the last two weeks has been amazing as well. And uh, today may be different, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that God's not doing something. Uh, are you hearing me today? And so sometimes you actually need to know how to navigate what God is doing so that you, you know how to flow with him. Because it's really easy to set anchor somewhere and go, this is so good. I don't want to move from this moment. But it, the problem with that is then you miss the more. Because we actually, just, we, we, we actually just go ahead and we camp out here for a moment, which is okay, but, but God continues to move. And the secret is, is actually knowing to stop when the cloud is over us and to move when the cloud is moving. And, and this is a season where the Lord is actually releasing that anointing, that grace over us afresh and anew. And so there is a word the Lord gave me a few weeks ago, uh, and I believe it's a word for the body of Christ. I want to share it as I begin this morning. Uh, it says, a time of deep rest and deeper revelation is coming upon us. As I was praying, I saw the Lord clearing a table and then resetting it. It was like a seven-course meal was being prepared. Then I heard these words from the Lord. I'm coming to break the bread of word and wonder with you again. I'm inviting you into an intimate season of the secret things that I've prepared for you. There will be days that I will clear the calendar and just rest upon you. And your main assignment in this season is my presence. I'm calling you into a season of face-to-face -face and heart-to-heart, -heart, for the restoration of all things is going to flow by resting in all things. I also saw a breaker box panel, and the Lord was adding breaker switches. And I heard the Lord say, I'm adding breakers to carry the load so that you don't have to be on overload. It's not just about expanding capacity. It's that the Lord is sending those who will lift up our arms to carry what God is doing in this season of the next. I want to tell you something, that God is about to send reinforcements to you corporately and personally. And here's where I'm getting that from, it is in Psalm chapter 20. It's known as the prayer of David. David prays this prayer. He says, may the Lord send you help from the sanctuary. May the Lord actually send you angelic beings. May the Lord actually send you the, the, the ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. May the Lord send to you reinforcements for you not only to fight battles, but actually so that you can advance into, your, in, into the place of promise. And, and I believe the Lord is about to actually send us reinforcement from the heavenly realms. I believe the Lord's coming in different ways. I've been walking with the Lord 26 years. I've been in full-time ministry for about 23 of those 26 years. Uh, and and th there's rhythms that I get into and there's things that I get adjusted to, uh, and I'm just used to the way that God speaks to me. Can anybody relate to that? 
Like, I just know that at certain times and certain ways, if I approach him, that then he responds to me, that, that he speaks to me and all of those things. And I love that about him. But I'm also realizing that God is coming at times in, in ways that are different than I'm expecting him to come. Uh, and so uh, a few weeks ago, the Lord just simply said to me, uh, you know, normally it's just this conversation that we have where I see something, I hear something, I know something, I feel something. And now all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak to me over the last few months and going, hey, consider this. And one day he says, consider the seed. And so I said, wow, that's interesting. And he said, no, consider the seed. A seed is something so small, minute, that, that sometimes you can't barely see it with the naked eye. And you take that seed and you dig a hole or a trench and you throw that into the hole or the trench and you cover it with dirt that is, is heavier than it. You bury it in there. It sits in darkness. And, and that thing is, you feel like it's gone in there to die. But that thing actually in the darkness and in, in under the weight, actually something in it, life gets activated and it breaks through that which seems heavy and dark and it produces fruit. And the Lord said, there's been seeds that my people have scattered all over the earth and they've scattered them in darkness. But I've watched over fields that they've even forgotten about and they're about to see a harvest spring up from it. And I believe what the Lord is saying in this season is that he's inviting the church into a, a Psalm 126 season where, where we... The Lord says, the word says that we we're remembering when the Lord turned back our captivity, the captivity of Zion. We we are actually we hung our harps up on the willows. We we stopped singing, we stopped playing, we stopped rejoicing, we stopped praising. We were in a season of captivity and all of that. We we had given up, and the Lord came. And then they said among the nations, the Lord's been good to them. And we said the Lord's been good to us, and we are glad. If you go to the end of the chapter of Psalm 126, it says, Those who sowed with tears will reap with joy, and the reaper will overtake the sower. How many know that's impossible in the natural? That, that you sow, then you reap. But in this scripture, the Lord is saying, Those who sowed with tears will reap with joy, and the, and the, and the reaper will actually overtake the sower. So, so you'll actually be harvesting faster than you're sowing. I believe that's the season that the Lord's moving us into in the season of a billion soul harvest and more in this season where the Lord is bringing us uh, uh, to this place of intimacy, into this place of, of, of encountering him, into this place of presence again. And, and the Lord is about, to, is about to wow us and woo us once again. I believe it is so important, with even the prophetic word, where the Lord's inviting us back to the table. Lou Engel is talking about a communion revival. We're, 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 even as we partook of communion this morning, that, that the Lord is calling us to remember. Why? Because when you remember, you start remembering the miracles that came, the healing that came. It doesn't stick you in the past. It actually propels you to the future saying, hey, I recognize that I'm in another miracle season. I'm in another miracle moment. And the Lord's breaking bread. What happens when you're breaking bread? You're at the table. And the Lord is, is while we're sitting at the table, I believe the Lord is turning the tables on the enemy. Aren't you thankful for that? that? That all you have to do is actually sit there and eat. And all you have to do is sit there and partake. I love Psalm 23. And he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I used to think that it just meant that as I sat there, I, I was eating a feast and my enemies half had to sit there and watch me eat. And the Lord said, what if your enemies are as hungry as you are? 
So if you can feed your enemies, your, fe- your enemies might become your friends. He sets a table for you in the presence of your enemies. They don't just sit there and watch you eat and become jealous of you. You actually have what they need to turn the tables of their life. And this is something where I'm sitting at the table. What happens at the table? There's communication. There's, there's feeding. There's, there, there's family taking place. And that's what the Lord is doing in this season. I, I believe, like the sons of Iskar, we have to know our time and our season in the earth. Because otherwise, we'll just think that this is just, this is just about long gatherings and all of those things. And I'm thankful for 35-hour meetings. I'm thankful for meetings that have gone on for a couple of weeks. I'm thankful for all of that. But, but the truth of the matter is that God doesn't just want something to happen in the atmosphere. He wants something to happen in your life. I think the worst testimony would be if revival hit my ministry or my church but didn't hit my family. I think that would be an awful testimony. That if I had hours and hours in the presence of God being completely changed and all of those things, but it somehow didn't affect the world around me. Right? There's a season of testing that we're in. What will you do? Will we hog it to ourselves? Right? There's something where the Lord is actually saying, hey, I'm giving it. I'm, I'm doing something where I'm actually consecrating and getting the church right. Why? Because you can't enter in until you consecrate. Do you, do you remember Joshua chapter 3? Moses is dead. The Lord gives the command, Joshua, it's time to take the people into the, into the land. He says, consecrate the elders, consecrate the people. And then give this instruction. Keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant because you've never been this way before. He's saying, keep your eyes, consecrate yourself, cleanse yourself, uh, repent, get, get, get everything, get, get things right with me. And then keep your eyes on the presence of God because you've never been this way before. The, the most important thing you can do in this season is keep your eyes on the presence of God because you've never been this way before. It, it's the only North Star that I have. The, the presence of God is the only North Star that I have. It, it's the only compass that I have. It, it's, I have to keep my eyes fixed on Him. And I can't allow anything to cloud the vision. I can't allow to get anything to cause separation because otherwise I'm stuck or I don't know where I'm going. And the Lord's bringing us from wander to wonder. So many times we just, we wander. Instead of the Lord saying, hey, lift up your eyes, I want you to wonder again. And the Lord's bringing us into that place of, of depth. I think we really overcomplicate things. Sometimes I, two weeks ago, I was speaking in a church in Franklin where I live. And, and, and Sunday mornings are special. Like, I, I, all, every time I speak, I'm nervous. I, I I, I, I feel the fear of the Lord, but there's something special about Sunday mornings. There, there's a greater responsibility that, that I'll feel, and I'll, I'll, I'll fret about it. I'll pace about it. Even though I, I know that I can hear from God, that, that there's something that I find myself actually spending extra time about it. I don't know what it is, except I think it's an important place where the family gathers, right? That there's a Sunday morning people and, and, and the Lord gathers us together as family. And so I think there's a weight that comes to that. And I just think it's holy to the Lord. I think the house of God is really important. And we got home late from a, a, another meeting at like 1 in the morning. Uh, and I remember telling Molly, go to bed. I'm going to stay up and, and just spend some time with the Lord. And, and the Lord said, hey, I need you to actually go get some sleep. And I said, Lord, you, you know I can't sleep when I know I have to, I have to do this in the morning. 
And the Lord said, no, I want you to go to sleep. And, and so I went to sleep. I set my alarm for like 4.30. Uh, I was going to get up and, and, and have my time with the Lord and, and unpack what he has been sharing with me through the week. And my alarm went off, and the Lord said, I want you to actually stay in bed. I, I want you to rest. I said, Lord, you, you know I, I have to preach this morning. Like, you know, I, I actually have to, to have something to share. And, and, and the Lord said, I want you to go back to sleep. I go back to sleep at 6.30 in the morning. I feel all of these kisses on my head. And I, I, and I just, I'm overwhelmed feeling the, the, the affection that's coming to me. And I feel these kisses. And I'm expecting, like, like my wife is, uh, is kissing me to wake me up. And I open my eyes, and it's the Lord. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep it simple, son. And, and the Lord's releasing the kiss of God upon us. To, to not get in the weeds by overcomplicating things. I, I know a lot of people right now, and, and they're frantically preparing and, 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 and going, we got to get this ready, we got to get this ready, we got to get this. And, and they're actually missing the moment because they're actually exchanging vision for busy. They're actually exchanging presence for, for prep. They're, they're actually trying to pre prepare for something that only God can do anyway. I believe preparation is important. Preparation belongs to me, but timing belongs to the Lord. I get that. I understand that. But, but there's something actually about in this moment of holding things loosely. Here's why. When I hold it loosely, I'll steward well. If I try to actually over-prepare, I'll actually end up trying to control what God's doing. Isn't it amazing? God moves on a college campus and all the revival police come out. That's not revival because it doesn't look like this. It's not revival because it doesn't look like this. It's not revival because this didn't happen. Like, who made you the revival police? Are, are, is, is that happening in your life? No, I, I guess you're not in revival. But you know what? You're dead, so you're a good place for revival to take place. Right? I like what Leonard Ravenhill said. Revival, true revival is this. When God is so tired of being misrepresented, he shows up himself. That's revival. If you want revival, if we really knew what we were asking for, you would realize that you're actually saying, God, kill me so you can revive me. Because until you're dead, you can't be revived. And, and the Lord is actually bringing us to that place where, where he's saying, hey, I'm bringing you to this place where I'm about to do something and you get to enjoy it and participate in it and experience it and encounter it but you're not going to control it. There's a big difference between stewarding a move of God and trying to own it. Keep it simple. I believe this, that, that we're in this season and, and everybody's going to, is quoting this and I love that they're quoting it. Everybody's right now is quoting Joel chapter two and Acts chapter two. And here's where we start. And I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will have visions. And out of my spirit, I'll pour out on your men servants and your maid servants and all of those things. But, but we actually start the quote after something. That if you actually read it in context, here's what it says. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He's saying something happens first 
And then I pour out my spirit. Joel chapter 2. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. What, what's the afterwards? He asked this question. Who will rend their hearts and not their garments? Who, who, who will actually stand in the gap? Who will actually weep and wail and intercede? Who will stand between the porch and the altar crying out to God? Who will actually get in that place of crying out, of repenting on behalf of a nation, of, of crying out for generations? Who, who will actually stand? Who will actually uh, begin to weep and wail and cry out in that in-between? And I will, I will tell you this, that the Lord has called many of us to come back to that place of the in-between. Because he's the God of the in-between. I, I believe this. Many times we, we like the porch. Just, just admit this. Just, just uh, think of this stage right now, this, this platform as the porch. Right? This is where I express what, what God is saying. This is where we preach the gospel. This is... All of those things. But, but how many know that there's nothing to say unless we've been on the altar? See, porches are man-made. They're, they're made with bricks and blocks and, and, and stuff that, that man creates. But, but the altars are God-made. They're actually formed by stones and rocks that, that were formed by the hand of God himself, often brought through the fire. And the Lord is actually calling us to be a people of the in-between. When I first got saved in, in 1997, I remember going to these churches, and, and, and there were these mostly ladies, some men, uh, and, and, and they were the intercessors. And if you came forward for prayer, you weren't leaving until something came out or Jesus came in. They weren't stingy with oil either. They didn't just give you the little bit of oil on the sign of the cross on your forehead. Like they, just started, they just started pouring oil, and they didn't care about carpets. They didn't care about hairdos. They didn't care about hairspray. They just poured the oil on, and you weren't leaving until something came out or Jesus came in. And here's what I believe. The Lord is actually stirring up the next generations of intercessors. That there's an impartation that God is releasing uh, upon us. Because I believe the anointing to pray through and to pour out is, is actually being released again. And is this making sense to you this morning? Why I'm giving you context prophetically of what's happening in the earth. Why? So, so we don't realize, so that we can realize what actually the purpose of what God is doing right now in this moment and in this season. You are created for the end afterwards. Well, one of my favorite scriptures is in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says these words, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is now coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So in true prophetic fashion, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a little jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all these vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. 
who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came to the, and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons shall live on the rest. Here's what I believe the Lord is saying. He's asking us, what do we have in our house? What do we have in our hands? What do we have to, to actually bring to the Lord? What you think is, is just a little, what you think is nothing, that the Lord is saying, I'll work with whatever you have. Aren't you thankful for that? But, but here's the instruction. I see what you have is just a little. Go borrow vessels. Go get as many vessels as you can. And go in and shut the door. Because the oil always flows behind closed doors. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He doesn't measure, He pours. The Lord does not measure, He pours. He doesn't just go, you need a little, and you need a little, and you need a little. But, but He's actually a sloppy pourer. He's filling up vessels, and He's pouring it out, and He's pouring it out, and it's getting everywhere. And the next thing you know, your slip's sliding away. <laughs> right? It's the beauty of the Lord. He's the God of the open hand. I think a lot of times we're actually praying for what we already have. He's the God of the open hand. My prayer is not about moving his hand. It's actually about knowing his heart. And if you can pray from the place of God's heart, if you can actually pray in the posture of Jesus, what is Jesus doing? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession, making mediation for us. And if you can actually grab a hold and actually encounter the heart of God and begin to pray that out, I'm telling you, it will radically change your life. That we are in this season where the Lord once again is bringing us to that place of, 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 of closed door things. Here's why. Re revival may be spreading through buildings and, and through congregations and college campuses, but here's where God's inviting you. He wants you to be revival. He, he wants you to be the next move of God. He wants you to be the next outpouring. He, he actually wants you to be revival, not just to go to a meeting. Because something happens when I bring what God's put in me and it connects to what God's put in you. It's why every joint supplies. Because I'm not fully me without you. You're not fully you without me. But when I bring my oil and mix it with your oil, how, how many know something is really amazing? I, I had this dream the other day. And in the dream, the Lord handed me two uh, glasses uh, of oil. And as he handed them to me, I thought, oh, I'm going to drink of the double portion. And I went to actually put one of them, began to drink one of them, and the Lord says, if you drink that, you're going to get sick because that oil is not for you, it's for them. And I believe this, that many times what we're doing is we're actually, we're actually drinking our own oil. We're actually drinking the oil that God's actually given us to release to the body and the nations and the world around us. And we're actually trying to ingest it ourselves. And how, how many know if you, if you drink oil, something's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> right? And all I'm simply saying to us today is that we have to be aware that, that he's in me for me, but he's upon us for the world around us. There, there's an oil that gets poured out that, that isn't for our own consumption, but, but it, it's actually to, to release something in the earth. Come on, I believe the, the Lord is saying to us that the days of consumer Christianity have come to an end. 
where I no longer come to church to consume, but I actually come as one who is consumed because our God is an all-consuming fire. Come on, I, I believe the Lord is actually setting the church free from that. Why? But because God's not contractual, He's covenant. And if I'm a contractual Christian, the moment the preacher doesn't preach what I want him to, what I want him to preach, I don't hear what I need to hear, want to hear, the moment he gets up in my business, right? I'm actually going to hit the door and I'm going to go find another church to tickle my ears. But if I'm a if if I'm a covenant Christian, then I realize I'm in covenant with the house. I'm in covenant with the people. I'm in covenant with the pastors. I'm actually in covenant here, Uh, and and covenant isn't just contractual where you just tear it up. Covenant is actually cut. It's important. And I believe the Lord's bringing us back to that place of covenant Christianity. Here's where I believe the Lord is saying to us. I had this vision the other day, and in the vision, the Lord showed me an old photograph. Remember when you actually took photographs on a camera and you sent them to Walgreens? CVS, it was really something when you could upload them and then go get them. Right, but there used to be stuff that used to be film, and, and you would take it, and you would take a picture, and when you took the picture, it would have the date and time on it. And I kept seeing all of these time stamps, all of these dates and times, uh, and, 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 and often, you know, you have them in frames around their house, you have them on your refrigerator, and you go, oh, I remember this was Christmas 1983, I remember this was Easter, I remember, and we go back, and, and we start living this life of I remember when. Which isn't bad, but can I tell you something? The Lord is calling us not to just be, to to remember the past, but he's calling us to be forward thinking in this season. Listen, he's taking us from I remember when to you just haven't seen it yet. I want to remember the miracles of God. I do want to remember what he's done. But I also want to realize that what he's done is, is nothing in comparison to what he's about to do. Because he never decreases, he always increases. I love this. In John 1, around 151, Philip is talking to his friend Nathaniel. He says, Nathaniel, I found the one. I found the one who the prophets and the scriptures talk about. I found the one. Philip, Nathaniel says, tell me more. Who is it? Who could this be? He said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel goes, can anything good come out of that little town? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And, and Philip doesn't even buy into the argument. He just says, come and see. Jesus is down the road in the distance underneath a tree. He sees the conversation. When Nathaniel gets close to him, he says, Nathaniel, a man in Israel in whom there's no guile. There's really no sin. There's, the enemy has nothing on you. You're actually a good dude. And all of a sudden, as, as Jesus reads his mail, gives him a word of knowledge, Nathaniel goes, oh, you are, it's true, you really are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, oh, the reason you confess me is because I read your mail, because I had this word of knowledge. I told you who you were. I told you the condition of your heart. But blessed are they that have, have believed but haven't seen. And then he goes, hey, Nathaniel, you haven't seen anything yet. You thought this was really cool? Why do you see angels ascending and descending upon my body? He's talking about resurrection, but he's also talking about his church. Wait till you see. You haven't seen anything yet. Wait till you see 
angels ascending and descending upon my body. Here's what the Lord is saying. You haven't seen anything yet. You, you thought last week was amazing. You thought two weeks ago was phenomenal. You, you thought what, what happened when Heidi Baker was here was amazing. You, when, when Marcy Fish spoke four Sundays ago, five Sundays ago, you thought, wow, that's the best message I ever heard. You haven't seen anything yet. Wait till you see angels ascending and descending upon my body. And the Lord is actually saying, hey, get your eyes fixed. Come, come up here. I want to show you some things that are about to take place. And I'm telling you right now, the, the Lord is actually lifting our eyes to focus on Him. This is what I've been crying out. This is actually what I asked my pastor to pray over our staff the other day. It was this, that Jesus, we want you more than revival. Jesus, we want you more than outpouring. We want you, because otherwise I'm going to drink from a faulty well. If, I, if actually you're my focus, I'll never be disappointed. And I'm just telling you right now that, that the Lord is bringing us into that place where we can really have Him. Here's a secret I believe the Lord is saying to us. Romans 12 and 1. Here's what the Lord's doing. This is what's happening in Asbury. It's what's been happening in other places. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He's actually saying, hey, I actually want you to worship me with your life. I want revival to flow when you're driving the school bus. I want revival to flow when you're working in the office. I want your revival to flow when you're bagging groceries. I want revival to flow when you're working at In-N-Out. Come on, somebody. How many know that's revival? Come on. If you don't like that, there's Whataburger. Right? Come on, somebody. It's almost noon. Your heart's almost happy. Right? right? It, it, it's, this, it's this time. It's, whatever you do, it's your living act of worship. Here's what I've discovered. When you're, you're invited to come and offer your life and your body is a living sacrifice, here's the problem with living sacrifices. We can choose to get up in the middle of the process. And there's something about actually choosing to stay on the altar, and you'll discover the greatest miracles and the greatest worship of all. I often think of this. When Abraham is offering Isaac to the Lord, how many know that Isaac is a whole lot younger than Abraham? How many know that he's a pretty smart guy? So when they're going up the mountain, and they're preparing the altar, and they're getting ready for the sacrifice, he's realizing something. There's not a lamb. There's not a ram. There's no sacrifice here. I'm going to be the sacrifice. How many know he could have cut and run? He could have, he could have actually run and said, Dad, you played a miserable trick. You, you're crazy, and I'm not staying here. How many know he could have outfought his father? But he was willing actually to get on the altar and stay there. How could that happen? He heard all the stories. He heard about every time God showed up. He said, I don't understand it, and I don't need to understand it. If God showed up then, he's about to show up here. It's true. The knife was up, getting ready to go in, when the angel of the Lord said, stop, don't harm the lamb. Think about that. That's what it means. Even if I don't understand what's happening, Lord, I'm going to trust you in the process. I'm actually going to stay here because all I'm going to do is offer up my, my, my reasonable act of worship to you. 
He's saying, my life's not my own. It's actually a secret. It's actually a key to revival in this season. Hosea 6 and 1. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He's injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Can, Can I tell you something? We have seen moves of God come and go. We have seen ebbs and flows of outpourings and and revivals. But here's what's happening. In this season, I believe the Lord's called us to be a third day church. Can can you believe with me? Second day, he revives us. Third day, he restores us that we can live in his presence. This isn't something about visiting. This is actually about something. uh, This is actually about living. This is not just about coming into, it's actually about carrying with us. Are you hearing me? It's why it doesn't matter who has the microphone. It doesn't matter what worship team is up there. It doesn't even matter their skill set. God is saying, I'm going where I'm wanted, and this is a season that you can't run me off. You know what I love in church? Crying babies. I know some preachers hate it. I love it. You know why I love crying babies? It's out of the mouth of Babes and nursing infants comes the sound of perfected praise. I was preaching in New York City last Sunday. I was, I was given this prophetic word to two of the pastors on staff, and their three-year-old daughter came running up to them. Mommy, I want to go. I'm tired. I want to take a nap. I want to go. God's moving, speaking a, a prophetic word over their life about the next season in their life. And, and a little three-year-old girl is, is going louder than me in a microphone. Going, I said I'm ready to go. And I thought in that moment, sometimes revival looks like a nap. A little eight-month baby starts crying over here because it's hungry. I says, well, sometimes revival sounds like hunger. Yeah. And so many times we dismiss it because it actually, it, it, it disturbs us, but, but it doesn't disturb God. There's been so many times in my life and my ministry that I was afraid that, that, that if I moved the wrong way, if I didn't pray the right prayer, if I, if I didn't hold myself in the right way, that, that I was going to run God off. And you can't be this close to him and miss. Can, can I tell you, we are so feeble sometimes and, and fickle and go, well, oh, if, if, it's just not, if it's not just right. God is saying, hey, look, I'll show up in the midst of the desert. I'll show up in the midst of the storm. I'll show up in the midst of all, all of this stuff. Why? Because you're not going to run me off. In fact, you're gonna actually going to draw me closer. I've walked through some, some difficult seasons in the last couple of years. and In the last few months, my mom went home to be with the Lord. My brother went home to be with the Lord. Suddenly, one of my best friends, some other friends, they just went home to be with the Lord without my permission or input. The Lord didn't say, hey, what do you think about me taking him home? I, you know, he didn't even ask me. And, and I remember just walking through grief. And in the midst of the grief, all you kind of want to do is sleep. And kind of just you're just kind of in this daze. And I could come out and I could... I can minister and I can feel pretty normal. When I get by myself, I can feel just overwhelmed and this burden and this tiredness and all I want to do is sleep. And I remember a while back, the Lord just came. I was sleeping in my, in my chair and the Lord just came and kicked the chair and I opened my eyes, nobody was there. I went back to sleep, came back, kicked the chair, opened my eyes, nobody was there. Third time, came back, he kicked the chair, I opened my eyes and he said, you're grieving and because you're grieving, all you want to do is sleep. 
And because you're, all you want to do is sleep, when you're sleeping, you don't realize you're hungry. So I need you to actually wake up and get up and learn how to feed yourself again. And I remember, like, like Lord, how dare you? Why are you telling, like, I'm in this process, and I actually kind of blame you for it. In all honesty. Here's what I realized. The Lord told me in that moment, you're not going to run me off. Over the last few months, I said, Lord, one word from your mouth, one move of your hand, one point of your finger, one breath from your lips can change everything. I could be healed. I could be whole in a moment. Because that would be easy for me. It would be a really great story. And then he said, or I can just sit there with you in it. And sometimes the Lord just comes and sits within it sits with us in whatever we're walking through, whether it be grief or trial or difficulty or confusion or un, the, all the unknown stuff. And he'll actually pull up a chair and sit there with you in it. He, he draws close. He's, he's near to the brokenhearted. Aren't you thankful for that? Yeah. It's when he draws near. And here's what I love about it. He doesn't say once you get wholehearted again, he actually gets up and leaves. He just draws near and then he stays there. How cool is that? He's like, hey, you thought you knew me before, and now you're really going to know me. Come on, I, I believe with all my heart the Lord's releasing divine order in the house of God. I, I believe this. We often quote this. Cessationists will often quote uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Now let everything be done decently in order. It says, let a couple speak in tongues, let a couple interpret, let a couple prophesy. Right? Basically saying to the pastor, you need to be the traffic cop. You need to direct the, the flow of the meeting. What it really means is this is that our meeting should be so filled with the presence of God, the power of God, miracles of God, prophecies, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all the expressions of the gifts of the Spirit, that you're not even able to fit it all in. That's what was happening two weeks ago here. God was doing so many things, you couldn't even fit it all in. So stay if you want, come if you want, come back if you want, right? Decent and order. A few years ago, I was in this meeting, I was preaching, and it's a conference, and in the midst of this conference, I'm speaking, uh, it's a Saturday night, this guy walks in uh, from, from going to the bathroom, I call him out, I give him this prophetic word, the power of God hits him, three demons, some demons come screaming out of him, and everybody's getting uneasy, because there was a church that didn't believe in, 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 in that, right? They thought it had to happen in a back room, or inner healing or up and out, quietly go, all those things. And, and so he's on the floor. Most people didn't know what to do with that. Me and a couple of people ministered to him. He gets free. As the guy's getting free, two rows of teenagers from 12 to about 16 start screaming at the top of their lungs, Jesus, and start shaking in their seats. People in the church are going, hey, this is out of order. They actually go to the pastor and go, hey, you, this is not in order. It's not decent in order. And, 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 and they're like, this is scaring us. And Pastor comes up to me and said, hey, people are getting a little nervous. What do you think? I said, what do you think? You're the pastor. He said, well, I feel God on it. I feel the peace of God on it. And I said, well, if you'll just say that as the pastor, it'll change the atmosphere. So he said, hey, I believe this is God. I wouldn't let anything happen to you that I didn't believe was God. I feel the peace of God on it. Uh, and, and this man's getting free. We should celebrate that. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord just speaks to me and said, what part of decent and order would it be for that man to leave in the sa with the same demons he came in with? What, what part of decent and order would it be for that two rows of kids not to have an encounter with God? And so if you have the wrong definition, it'll take you to the wrong des destination. 
So if I have the wrong definition of revival, it'll take me to the wrong destination. If I have the wrong definition of, of what decent and order is, uh, it, it, it'll be quiet, three fast, three slow, a little offering, and away we go. Right? It'll be three points in a poem, and don't disturb that. And that could be decent and order in some places, but, but how many know sometimes the move of God is messy? So sometimes he just shows up and bodies are laid out everywhere. Sometimes he shows up and, and people are being healed and delivered and set free. And, and we need to learn to celebrate it because we're not God. We don't actually get to determine how the manifestation of his presence comes. Sometimes he comes in like a lamb. Sometimes he comes in like March, like a lion. 70 mile an hour winds, right? But, but, but here's the thing. You, you need actually to, to, to discern your time and your season on earth or, or you'll actually might miss it. Sometimes I got to actually get out of my head and into my heart. Go, go Lord, I, I don't know what's happening, but I feel your presence. Isn't that amazing? Come on, the, the Lord is doing that all over the earth in ways. He, he's, he, he loves to come, but, but, but he won't be controlled. I think the question of the hour for the church is what will we do with a God who's out of control? It leads us to repentance, to restoration, into deeper relationship, revival again. If you don't know the definition of revival, it'll lead you to the wrong destination. I had a friend that he was contending for a move of God and said, I'm not going to cut my hair until revival comes. I think he should have asked his wife first. Maybe she didn't like it long. No. But, but, so his hair is actually down, was getting down to his back, almost to his waist. And one night, there's a meeting, and 75 people get instantaneously baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just simultaneously, nobody was laying hands on them. Nobody was even talking about the bath. The Holy Spirit just came, fell on them, and, and 75 people just start speaking in tongues simultaneously. Sovereign act, sovereign move of God, nobody doing anything. That's what happens. Another guy comes up to him and says, hey, I think you can cut your hair now. He goes, oh, no, I, I don't know about that, brother. What? He, he couldn't define what revival was. And if you can't define it, you can't measure it, you can't measure it, you can't build it. Right? You actually have to go, but, but, but Lord, when you're, you're so tired of being misrepresented, you just show up yourself. Right? And he just comes in moments like that, changes everything. I heard the Lord say to tell us, no more blind spots. The, the season of being blindsided by the enemy has come to an end. The season of being blindsided by the enemy is coming to an end. A couple of years ago, my, my daughter uh, and my wife were, were in Nashville. I was still living in Pensacola, uh, and they were just visiting, and they were uh, out to dinner on a Sunday night. They're at a stoplight, and all of a sudden, uh, without warning, uh, a car, uh, no headlights on, drunk driver hit them 65 miles an hour while they were stopped at the stoplight. And my wife remembers looking out the, the, the windshield and seeing the pavement as the, the Jeep was up like that. The force was so hard it actually shot the, the radio and the, the GPS system out of the dashboard, broke the, actually broke the, 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 the bolt holding the seats in, and that was the power of the impact that, that took place. As the impact happens, the, the force was pushing them into an intersection, and two cars were coming, one from each direction, uh, and, and miraculously they got through the intersection. Uh, as the police and fire trucks were coming, my wife called me and said, hey, we've been in an accident. I think we're all right, and then the phone went dead. All I could hear was the sounds of sirens in the background. Uh, they're seven miles away by car. They're 
uh, no flights till tomorrow morning. I'm watching, I'm with my boys. I don't know exactly what to do, but, but, but to cry out to the Lord. My wife gets her cell phone charged a little bit, calls, uh, explains what happened. I flew up there the next morning, and, and I'm, I'm talking to my daughter who was driving. I said, baby, what happened? She said, it just hit us out of nowhere, and I was in this intersection. And she said, I heard the voice of, of the Lord say, I hit the gas, baby, hit the gas. And I hit the gas, and that got me through the intersection so we didn't get hurt. I said, did he scream it at you? Was it, inner, was it a still small voice? Was it super loud? He said, no. She said, no, it sounded a lot like you. Now, I'm not saying I'm the voice of the Lord, but what I'm saying is this, is that the Lord loves me so much, he, he allowed his word to come in that moment that my daughter could hear in one of her greatest moments of trauma, could hear uh, uh, the voice of the Lord and go, hey, I'm going to let it sound like her dad so she knows, hit the gas, baby, hit the gas. And I'm telling you right now, I feel that in this room today. The Lord is saying to many of us, hit the gas, baby, hit the gas. You feel like you've been hit from behind. You feel like you've been blindsided. And the Lord is about to bring you through unscathed. Are you hearing me this morning? It's where the Lord is bringing us into. I felt like this. The Lord showed me a picture of a dam. He said, there's been a drought in the land, but it's been raining upstream. You're not a pond church or a lake church. You're a river church. And God is dredging out the silt and the debris that has had many of us in a season of feeling stuck in the mud. The Lord is lifting the church out of places where it's been feeling stuck in the mud. Come on, I believe the Lord is doing something amazing in this season. I heard him say, don't mourn what was more than you rejoice in what is and expect what is to come. Some of us have been in a place where things feel like they came to an end. With every ending comes a new beginning. We're not at the end. We're actually entering into the joy of a new tomorrow. There's a recalibration in the heart by the Spirit. He's bringing us to the place of restoration of all things, not back to the way that they were or we wanted, but back to the original intent of how he designed it. He makes it even better than new. It's where we are. Acts 3, 19 and 20, uh, where he says these words, repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord and he'll send forth Jesus who will bring about the restoration of all things. How many know that's where we're headed? Even according to what I was reading to you earlier out of Hosea. Right? Second day revives us, third day restores us. There, there's a coming, a great restoration coming into the body of Christ, coming into cities, coming into America, coming into the nations of the earth like never before. I believe that in this, the, the Lord is about to release one of the greatest moves, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Here's where I'll close this morning. My mom was going, getting ready to go home and be with the Lord about... Uh, 17, 16, 17 months ago, November of 21. I remember in August of 21, she was diagnosed with cancer right uh, after my 50th birthday. We had her on vacation, and uh, after vacation, she went and had a colonoscopy, found out she had two uh, stage four tumorous cancers, and, and so she was pondering what to do with radiation and chemo and those things. Uh, and, and I remember when she told me the diagnosis, I said, Mom, are you afraid? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on in your heart? What are you thinking about? And she goes, oh, Dave, why, why would I be afraid? All of my days were written in a book, and I'm not going home before I get to the last period. <laughs> the enemy's not big enough to take me. Cancer's not big enough to take me. I'm not going home until I get to the last period. And I thought, wow, that, that's a pretty amazing way to live. And she did some treatments and, and, and those things, and it was kind of messing up with her, her quality of life and so, David, I don't want to do this anymore. And, 
I flew to Chicago where she was, and I remember sitting with her, and, uh, and we designed, you know, we asked her, I said, do you want to, you know, go home? I'll take care of you. I'll come off the road for a few weeks or whatever, as long as it takes, and I'll just take care of you. And so me and one of my sisters uh, just took care of my mom for her last two weeks in her house. And, and, and she would have these amazing encounters with God during these last couple weeks. And my mom was, uh, grew up Dutch Reformed. She was a, a Calvinist. And, uh, and my mom, uh, her testimony was that she knew the Lord her whole life. I think that's a really great testimony. And uh, her five kids, myself included, put her through hell. And she prayed us out of it. Amazing. <laughs> and she wasn't perfect, but she was pure. She was perfect for me as a mom. God knew exactly what I needed. She raised five kids after my father died uh, uh, on her own, working three jobs, loving the Lord, made us go to church. She was mean like that. Uh, and, and, and one day she came, never forget, she came to hear me preach about 40 minutes outside of Chicago in northwest Indiana. Uh, and in and, and her tradition of the church I grew up in, when the preacher started talking, you put a mint in your mouth. And by the time the mint is gone, the preacher should be done talking. Uh, and, and I was going, you know, I was going on my third message probably of the day. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, my mom perks up and goes, David, I'm on my second mint. Uh, so you think you've been persecuted, pressed, crushed. But I guarantee most of you have not been heckled by your own mother in church while you're preaching. So, right, so she, you know, she just, and God just fills her with the spirit. She just, she just, you know. Everything about her to me is godly. Even in little cheeky things, even in kind of the, the little mischievous things that I got from her, right? That little twinkle in her eye was, was amazing. But she had, this, she had these encounters, and one night she has this encounter with the Lord, and she calls me close to 2.30 in the morning, says, David, are you awake? And I say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just sitting here waiting for you. Um, and and she, she goes, i got to tell you something. Jesus just came to me, uh, and, and, and I need to tell you this. Spiritual warfare is real. I go, no, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I was like, Mom, come, what? she goes, no, you know that it's real, but you need to know why it's real. And uh, she goes, they used to say that my generation was the greatest generation, the World War II, Great Depression era, greatest generation. So that may have been true until now. But the greatest generation is just being born up into their 30s, and that's why the enemy has targeted them and hated them so much, tried to wipe them out in the womb, all of those things, and it's created so much identity issues and all that stuff is because he knows once they get radically set free that they're going to do great damage to his kingdom and usher in the return of the Lord. And at 2.30 in the morning, two weeks before my mom's passing, she, she's, she's prophesying. She, she's close to God. One night she goes, David, the veil between heaven and earth has never been so thin. I know that he's torn the veil. But do you understand that it's oftentimes, it, it, we are in such a place where everything is just so thin right now. It has nothing to do with global whatever. It has everything to do with heaven is reigning. Right? That, that God's about to do some really amazing, cool stuff. And she said, oh, the Lord just showed me one drop of his blood. She said, there's still power in the blood. She's just talking about the blood. She said, he goes, I saw one drop and it hit the earth. And he said, it's still enough to cover a multitude of sins, still enough to break every bondage, break every shackle, every chain. There, there's still enough power in just one drop of his blood. And then she, then she moves into Habakkuk 2 and 14. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. She said, that's the season that we're living in. You, you need to tell the church that the mandate is this. It's time to cover the earth. 
It's time to cover the earth. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy according to Revelation 19 and 10. That when you begin to tell what Jesus has done in your life, when you begin to talk about what God's doing in your life, how he's moving in convergence, how he's moving in your family, how he's moving in your life, how he's saving you, how he's healing you, how he's, he's transforming you, all of those things, the knowledge of the glory of, of the Lord covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. But, but here's, here's where I'll close. It's actually the point. It's actually what I believe revival really is. Over the last few weeks, of her life, my mom would, I'd be sitting with her in the night, and all of a sudden, I think she was leaving, because I thought she was leaving, because all of a sudden you would hear, <gasps> and I'd go running as fast as I could to grab her hand, say, Mama, everything all right, are you doing okay, are you seeing angels, she goes, no, I was just sitting here thinking, that at any minute now, can you imagine, I'm about to see his face, at any moment, I'm about to see his face. There were moments over those weeks I would go running to her thinking that she was going to get ready to go home with the Lord. She would just go, oh, can you imagine? At any moment, I'm about to see his face. I never knew that she, I don't think she ever knew the Dom Potter song, show me your face, Lord, show me your face. But, but I believe she was pointing to, to what's happening in the earth right now. That the Lord's about to show his face. That we're, we're about to behold, we're about to see the beauty of the Lord. Here's what I feel over the last three, four weeks has happened in the earth. It's been happening in Asbury. It's been happening in Franklin. It's been happening in Convergence. Happening in different meetings and places around the, around the world. The church is getting its <gasps> back. That, that, that at any moment, we're about to see his face. And when the world sees his face, he knows how to make himself irresistible. He knows how to draw all men to himself. He, yeah. he knows how to bring people to himself. It's the purpose of, of what's happening. It's the purpose of, of what God is doing in the earth right now. And I'm just telling you right now, you're, you're about to see him face to face. But we're about to get caught up in his eyes. We're about to get caught up in his face. We're, we're about to see him. I believe the word of the Lord is this. He wants to give us eternal eyes. I was sitting there thinking the other day, man, I miss my mom. I miss my brother. I miss my best friend. I, I, I miss all of these people around my life. The Lord said, the beauty is this, that your time without them is so much shorter than your time is going to be with them. All of a sudden, I felt the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I felt the oil of joy in place of my sorrow. All of a sudden, it just began to, why? The Lord just recalibrated me to his face. I'm telling you right now, we're about to see it. We're, we're about to see it on a, worldwide on a worldwide standard. We're about to see it where the outpouring of the Lord is going to go, where, where people say that's closed, that's hard, all of that. We're about to watch the Lord sweep people off their feet in, in the nations of the earth. Come on, I'm telling you right now, out of this conflict, out of this war between Russia and Ukraine, you're about to watch the power of God, the Spirit of God, begin to pour out His Spirit in Ukraine. You're about to watch revival spring through uh, Russia when all of this thing, I'm telling you right now, if you want to know what God's about to do, look at what the enemy's trying to do. You, you look at the hot spots where the enemy's trying to control and, and hold the narrative and all of those things, it tells you that God's about to move there. It tells me how to pray. Come on, I, 
Is it, does this make sense today? I didn't come here to ramble this morning. I've just been revelating for the last hour or so. But, but I believe right now in this moment, the Lord is bringing us back to the table. He's bringing us back to the place uh, of the table. Wesley, the wonder of God's on you, man. I, I felt the excitement of heaven. I felt like the, I felt like every time I, I saw you from the time you walked into the prayer room this morning to out here today, it's like I felt like one of those old school coffee pots that per, where you, you percolate the coffee. And I saw the glory of God percolating in you. I, I saw just the glory of God, the oil of God just pouring out of your pores, just out of every part of your being. And the Lord loves the way that you don't view generational ministry unto something. Like you're not looking at it as a stepping stone that one day you're actually loving the ones you're with. And I'm just telling you right now, the the wonder of the Lord, like your parents and the Lord named you well. Here's what John Wesley would pray. Lord, set me on fire, let the whole world watch me burn. And every time I see clips of you preaching or clips of what God's doing here and and you're in it, that phrase just stirs up inside of me. That I'm watching you get set on fire and the whole world around you is actually watching, gets to watch you burn. And Lord, I just thank you that, Lord, you're even anointing him to preach messages that other men would be afraid to preach. Lord, I thank you for a boldness. Lord, I thank you for that Acts 4 anointing. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal that we might have boldness to preach the gospel. Lord, I thank you right now for that healing anointing, that deliverance anointing. That, that, that Lord brings people to the wonder of God. Brings people to the wonder of God. There in the third one there with the, the blonde hair. I saw you in the parking lot when I was pulling in today. And, and I saw just the Lord had marked you. I, I literally saw the glow of God on your life. And I was like, I saw, even though you're walking in with friends, walking in with a group. It was like I saw the Lord holding his arm out like this. Like when you're escorting somebody into the prom. When you're escorting somebody down the aisle at a wedding. It's like I saw you locking your arms with the Lord. And it was, it was locking of the arms. It was the connecting of the heart. It was, I saw your head leaning into his head while you were walking. But I saw your feet in cadence with his feet. And I just, I, I felt like the Lord said, I, I love the way she agrees with me. And I saw Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they agree? And the Lord says that you, that you actually specialize in things that don't make sense. Like there's this absolute yes in you, like, Lord, I don't understand, but yes. Lord, it doesn't make sense, but yes. I, I saw so many people scratching their heads, like, you're going where? You're doing what? You're, uh, and it, it's this picture of a life laid down. Like that, that, that being a living sacrifice, the Lord says, I love the way that she's laid on the altar and hath come back up. And, and I just felt like just the, the Lord was about to release, like, I saw him kissing you on the forehead, and I felt like the Lord said, from this day forward, you're about to drip with revelation. I just felt just the revelation of God pouring out through you. And what the Lord said, you're going to be the same in a room with 10 people or two people as you are uh, when you're in front of thousands and tens of thousands. And I, I felt like the Lord said, because you've lived your life on the altar, he's actually building a porch for you. He's actually building a platform for you. The Lord is actually building a platform. He's, he knows how to build a platform for the feminine anointing in your life. And here's the thing. It's not just about women's conferences and youth things. Don't let anybody put you in a box. 
there, there's going to be revelatory words that you're going to have for the body. And I just felt like the, the, the Lord just showed me a key, and he said it's a turnkey. And I feel like there's this season, it's, 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 you know, when something's turnkey, it comes fully furnished. One of the greatest things that the Lord ever spoke to me is that whatever God calls you to comes fully furnished. Whatever he's called you to comes fully furnished. And Lord, I just thank you for the full furnishment of the Lord. Lord, I, I thank you for the crown of God upon her head. Lord, I thank you for the way that she drips with oil. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we don't want to be clouds without rain. Lord, we don't want to be vessels without oil. Lord, maybe we just feel like we just have a little bit. But, Lord, you're gathering the vessels. I kept hearing that song, make me a vessel, make me an offering. Lord, Lord, would you let us be that vessel that you pour through? Lord, some of us feel like cracked pots, but that's all right, Lord. We can't control what pours out. The more that pours out, the more you'll pour in. So, so Lord, I thank you for how you're moving, Lord, in Gen Z. But, Lord, I I thank you. There's about to be a big boom among the baby boomers. There's about to be a, a big move, Lord. Lord, in the Gen X's, there's about to be a great move among the millennials. There's about to be a great move. Lord, upon those just being born, there's ought to be a great move for those of us in the room that, Lord, in our 80s and 90s, that, Lord, you haven't passed us by. Lord, that we're alive in this moment because we're about to see what you promised us we'd see. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, for the deep roots and heritage. Lord, I I thank you for, for the way that you're about to pour out in this city, that, Lord, you're about to shake, Lord, the nation. You're about to shake the nations of the earth. But I think that this is the season of the great turning of hearts. Lord, right now, you've made convergence a stream in the desert. It was interesting. I came in today and and immediately through the prayer room, I felt refreshed. All through worship, all through communion, all through the offering, all through this message, I've just felt like just the, the reign of God over my being. Lord, Lord, I thank you right now. That, Lord, you don't measure, you pour. You don't measure, you pour. Lord, thanks for my brother Rick Montgomery, Lord. I thank you. That, Lord, you draw close to him in this season. Lord, I thank you for the pillar that he is in your kingdom. Lord, I thank you right now that, Lord, there's a double portion anointing coming on him. Lord, as he walks through the pain and the grief and the emotions of things, Lord, I pray that he finds you in, in, in ways that he never knew you before. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, out of this season, that, that Lord, there's a, there's a fresh anointing that's coming upon him. Lord, I, I thank you that legacy isn't left, it's lived. Judy lived hers well, but, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, uh, Rick and his kids and grandkids, Lord, they're, they're the to be continued. They're the continuation, Lord. I, I thank you that, that Lord, that... That, that, Lord, this is a season where 
everything that was in Judy's heart is about to be accomplished. I heard the Lord say this to you, Rick, right before your very eyes. Here's what I felt. I felt like the Lord said there's going to come a greater tenacity upon you for healing than ever before. I feel like you're going to make statements in the days ahead that I'm more convinced that Jesus is a healer today than ever before in my life. In the moments where it may seem in the natural like your prayers didn't get answered or didn't answer the way that you wanted them to, like I just felt like you put your boots to the ground and said, I'm more convinced today. Lord, I thank you for that anointing of living fully persuaded. Lord, I thank you right now that, Lord, in this season, you're about to watch over him and you're watching over the word over him and his family like never before. Lord, I understand the mysteries of why they've had to walk through what they've walked through. But I do know this, in the midst of it, your goodness is about to shine, that, Lord, your grace is about to be seen, that your glory is about to be revealed. Lord, I thank you right now. I don't know how to say it other than I felt like every step you make, it's going to release an earthquake in the spirit. And, And I felt like this. I felt like the promise of the Lord in honor of Zeb and in honor of, of, of Judy is that a million souls each would come into the kingdom. In honor of their lives, that they live well, that we would see a million souls for each one of their lives. Or let it be in Africa, let it be in America, let it be in Texas, let it be all over the earth. Lord, Lord I thank you for the story that lives on. Lord, I... We may not like the outcome, but Lord, it was just a change of address. Lord, I thank you right now for eternal eyes to see and to navigate and know the hour, the moment that we're living in. And Lord, would you just release this this anointing of fresh fire to come upon Rick in this season. Lord, I thank you for the comforter. It's who you are, Jesus, who you are, Holy Spirit. Would you come, you'd wrap your arms around Rick in, in this season. Lord, I thank you for the day that you'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more sorrow or mourning. Because, Lord, death is defeated. Lord, I thank you right now for my friend. Lord, would you just release greater revelation, greater authority, greater anointing than he's ever seen or known before. Lord, he's been a pillar. Lord, I started out the word calling him a pillar. But, Lord, I pray right now he'd be a pillar of fire. That the fire of the Lord would just spark something in everybody he meets, every place he goes. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel like the word for the body of Christ is this. He's taking us from lamentation to celebration. There's a season where you need to lament. There's things that you actually don't know the power of celebration without the lamentation. But, but he's bringing us to that season of celebration. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for this sweetheart in the second chair on the front row here. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of your grace, your goodness upon her. Uh, real cool thing. I saw the Lord like handing you a jar, and as he handed you the jar, I realized that it was honey. And I just felt like the Lord said that he's anointed you to turn the bitter into sweet, he's anointed you to, to actually release the sweetness of his word. 
the sweetness of his heart, the sweetness of his presence. And I, I saw the Lord bringing you into a place where you just began to write. You began to sit and you began to write. And I felt like this. A lot of times we say we're waiting on God. I believe we don't wait on him. I think we wait with him. But I feel like one of your favorite places is just I'm sitting with God. And I feel like that as you sit with him, he's actually going to give you the things to write. Sometimes you're going to have lyrics that other people put music to. But, but I just feel like the, this poetic and prophetic gift and grace is about to just drop on your life. Lord, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Lord, thanks for Pastor Andrew and Emily. Lord, thanks for the anointing on their life. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the amazing things that you're doing with, with them, with their family, Lord, in this season. That, Lord, I believe it's a picture of what you're doing in the earth restoring and redeeming and adopting and birthing and all of those things. Lord, they're, they're a prophetic picture, a prophetic sign. And I, I just really felt like this, Andrew. The Lord didn't just call you to pastor convergence. He wants you to begin to dream with him what, what it looks like to pastor the city, to be the pastor of the coffee shop, to be the pastor of the restaurant, to be the pastor of, when you walk into a place. Maybe a waitress who never goes to church says, that's my pastor. And I just felt like this grace to actually rally this next generation of, of pastors that, that are actually carrying something different and something new. But old guys like me see and celebrate and pour out because I believe this, that there, there's something that you're carrying this hour that's, that's going to unlock and awaken. And I just felt like the Lord said, uh, it's not for you and it's not for them, it's for him and I asked the Lord what it was about uh, and, and the Lord said that, that I'm actually going to cause you to begin to start writing your first books you're like, like Lord okay I'll write it but who's going to read it the Lord said it's not for them and it's not for you it's for me and what I felt was this is that the Lord is saying hey I need you to write this down it's, it's that Habakkuk one one uh, Make the vision plain, two one. Make the vision plain, write it down on tablets. That even though it tarries, wait for it. And I just felt like the Lord said, I'm going to begin to express myself through you. Through your words, which you speak, which you write. Even emotions that begin to pour out of you like rain. And I just really felt like it's a season of just the expression of God. Lord, thanks for Emily. Lord, I thank you for her. Her pure heart, Lord, I thank you for, Lord, her absolute abandon to obedience. Lord, Lord, I thank you for the well of wisdom that when she speaks, wisdom speaks. Lord, I thank you for the gift of the word, the working of the word of wisdom on the inside of her. Lord, I thank you when that begins to flow, healing begins to be poured out. And Lord, I thank you right now Lord, I thank you for the weight of which she's going to release things that like people are going to like, oh, I didn't just hear that. I felt that. It was like I literally saw words landing on people's shoulders, like people are going to feel the weight of which you waited under to release. There's a scripture in Jeremiah that says, who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? And I believe one of the things the Lord was saying that he loves about you is that you've actually stood in the counsel of the Lord. 
You didn't just say it because you thought it. You didn't just say it because you felt it. But, but you actually waited in the counsel of the Lord. You stood in the counsel of the Lord. So it just wasn't about what you said, but it was actually about when you said it. And I just believe that there's something really that, that you, I feel like there's going to be like this connection with you with time. I, I just feel like just the timing of the Lord. And, and I feel like it'll be what he shows you on a clock, but just kind of things that just keep popping up for you. Just going to be confirmation of, of those things. Lord, I just thank you for, Patty, Lord, I thank you for the, the grace on her life. Lord, I thank you for supernatural divine imagination. Lord, I thank you for, uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, the way that you've anointed her to amplify your heart, your voice. Lord, I thank you for the way that she'll release the winds of worship. Lord, I thank you for the, the deep well of revelation and prophecy on the inside of her. Lord, for the amazing big sister that she is and she's going to be. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the way that she actually takes great care. Like, I feel like that she actually has an order to how she does things. And don't mess with the order. Don't, this is the way she does it. Don't mess with it. And, and, and it, it's, it's what the Lord is demonstrating to her and through her. So, Lord, thanks for that. Thanks for the gift of your grace, God. Lord, we, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for the, oh, it's coming back into the room. Lord, for the, oh, that's coming back into our nation, that's coming into the region, that's coming into this city. Lord, that, oh, at any moment, God, we're about to see your face. At any moment, we're about to know you. Lord, we want to posture our hearts. We want to, want to posture our hearts. We want to posture our hearts. Lord, we, we want to lock our gaze with your gaze. We want to look into your eyes. We want to see what this next season looks like. Lord, I, I thank you right now. Stephen Marcy, I heard the Lord say he's not in a hurry, but he's about to make great haste with you. And I had this picture of like a ship being thrown in on its side from the shipyard. And, and I saw it quickly riding itself. And I feel like that even though there was a plan and a strategy and a structure of how you were transitioning, in some ways it kind of feels like you just got thrown in on your side and, and just figure it out from here. But I saw the Lord riding the ship and I, I saw the two of you up in the bridge of the ship, up at the helm, and the, the Lord was saying, I'm clearing the channel. I'm, I'm actually, the, the reason why things didn't go as fast as maybe you thought they would, the Lord said, I was dredging the ditch. I was dredging the channel. I was dredging the pass. Because as you go, you're, you're, you're going to move. You're going you're gonna to float. You're going you're gonna to sail. But at the same time, you're going to begin to go into those deeper things, those deeper places. I, I felt like the Lord said that this is the season of mining by the Holy Spirit, of, of, of gold mining by the Spirit of the Lord, of, of searching the unsearchable riches of God. Uh, and I just felt like the, the Lord was actually about to, uh, to to actually release a wave after wave after wave. And, and I felt like the Lord said, enjoy the pace of these next couple of months because when you hit the fall, the, the Lord said, I'm going to begin. It's almost like you're going to be holding on for dear life, like, like what just happened? I just felt like the Lord said, it's increase. It's increase. I've been building a stature. I've been 
releasing favor and stature, but the Lord says, get ready. Over the course of these next six months, I'm going to release the increase. I'm going to release the increase. I'm going to release the increase. Lord, I, I thank you for the way you're paving roads into places. I, I just felt like there's going to be these things that in a moment, like, all right, we'll, we'll be there. And it was like in a moment you, you went behind enemy lines. In a moment you went to places that they're like, hey, nobody else can come, but we want you, the two of you to come. And it's almost like the Lord was about to make you incognito, invisible in some senses that when you came in, like, like the Lord said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, at times you're going to be seen and times you're going to be hidden. But in the midst of it all, you're, you're going to begin to rest. You're going to actually be going in the peace. And I, I, I just felt like this, and I, I don't like the compare. I don't like comparison, but I felt like really the mission in this season is going to be kind of a Nehemiah rebuilding. Like, like it's actually helping to rebuild people's lives and ministries, helping uh, to rebuild things that seem like the, the, that got knocked down. And I, I just feel like you're about to actually step into a stretch of the miraculous beyond your wildest dreams and imaginations. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you as Marcy's birthday is this week, that, that Lord, uh, all of heaven celebrates the day she was born. Lord, I thank you for, for the way that you You've raised her up in, in this moment, Lord. I know it becomes cliche that, Lord, she was born for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you for the way that she encourages and intercedes. But, but Lord, I thank you for the way that, that, Lord, she's about to prophesy with such clarity, um, with such speci- uh, uh, just a, sp- a new specific nature. Lord, that, that people, our eyes are going to be open, their hearts are going to be open. Lord, I thank you right now. Uh, Lord, for the season of the well. I feel like there's going to be some women at the well moments for you that you're just going to encounter people and it's going to be like their whole lives get revealed to you. And they begin to drink of living water. Lord, Lord I thank you for the grace of, of Steve on, on that apostolic forefront, Lord. But I thank you for the way that, Lord, you're paving the way, that, that Lord, you're sending angels out to pave the way, to pioneer the way. It's like I saw bulldozers plowing ground. And I, I feel like when you show up, it's going to be like, wow, this feels so easy. I, I know it's a war zone. I, I know it's crazy. I know what they've been through, but it's like, it feels so easy. And I heard the Lord say, thanks for, for this season of actually waiting in waiting in God for, for, the, for the scent and not just the, like, I think sometimes we, we have these moments where we went and it was good, but when we were sent, it just exploded. And I just felt like the, that this is like the season of sending. The power of the sent one. Lord's anointed you to uproot and to tear down, to, to uproot and to plant, to tear down and to build. It's the Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10 anointing. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, Lord, thanks for the crab trees, Lord, for the way that you, uh, they said yes to you to uproot their lives in Australia and to move to Denver, to get another word, to move to Texas. And so, uh, Lord, as an honorary Texan, because I'm here today, Lord, we welcome them. We receive their apostolic ministry and anointing, uh, Lord, into the, the great republic, the great state of Texas. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, this would be a place of, uh, where they would be rooted and grounded, that, Lord, they would bear much fruit. And uh, I, I just felt like when you came in the, the room today, I felt like the Lord said that this is going to be a season of hilarious hope for the two of you. 
that it's like almost felt like there was about to be supernatural belly laughs that are going to flow out of the two of you in this season. And I, I saw you at times scratching your head, looking up at the sky going, what have we gotten ourselves into? And I heard the Lord say, this is the Lord's doing. And I just felt like the, the Lord wasn't just sending you here on ministry assignments. He was sending you here on family assignment. And I just felt like the Lord isn't just going to open pulpits and ministries for you. But he's going to use the two of you to, to fan the flame of the family fire. He's going, to, he's going to use you to fan the flame of family revivals. And so, Lord, I just thank you that, Lord, they're not just in a season of getting their bearings and getting everything uh, settled, but, but, Lord, they're in a season where, Lord, they're going to live with their heads in the clouds and their feet on the ground. Lord, I thank you for a healing anointing over the two of them. David, I don't know how to describe it, but it was almost like I saw the Lord. He had his hands over your ears. Uh, and it was it was like this. All, and then when he took it away, it was almost like that you, you were in this place of perfect balance. And I don't know what it is, but I, I felt like the Lord was almost like, uh, I just felt like the Lord said, you're going you're gonna to discover a new steadiness on your feet. Like maybe where you even felt like your equilibrium was off, whether in the natural or just kind of in the process of transition. But it was like, I just felt like it was the steadying that was coming. And I feel like the strength that was on Caleb, he said that, promise of God. I'm, I'm as strong today as the day I heard the promise. And so Lord, I just thank you for a new strength coming on him. Lord, for Narelle, Lord, I thank you for the anointing of your grace, that Lord, you've anointed her like a Holy Spirit prophetic professor, that, that Lord, she would release things, not just line upon line and precept upon precept, but Lord, I thank you that every word from her mouth is dripping with oil. I saw people taking notes on the things you'll teach and it'd be like, almost like their, their ink runs down the page because it was like like it was almost like, wow, it's like oil was on the page. And so, Lord, I thank you for a life dripping with oil. Lord, I thank you that, that Lord, she's always continued to, to keep the oil in the lamps, the oil in the lamps, the oil in the lamps. And I, I just felt like the Lord said that, that actually as you put your feet on the ground, even as you made the move here, the Lord said, I've made preparations to bring other people alongside to join you. And I feel like people are going to come from a near and a far to be a part, to actually lift up your hands and lift up your eyes. And it was almost like uh, the Lord was saying, I thought we were moving here for this, but we actually moved here for that. Best way to describe is Acts chapter 2. What is this? This is that. It's your season for the two of you of this is that which was prophesied. And uh, Lord, I just thank you right now for every branch of their life and their ministry to bear fruit. I, I, I saw like... Um, I saw a branch that almost seemed like it was going in a, like, like and how sometimes trees grow in, in formality. They kind of grow in a certain way. I saw this branch almost going its own way. You thought, well, should we prune it? Should we cut it back? And the, and the Lord said, no, let it go. Let, let it grow, and I'll cause it to bloom, even when it seems it's out of season. And I don't know what it is, but I felt like the Lord said, the one you worry about the most, the one that times just seems like it went their own way, I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to cause that thing to bloom and to, and, and, and to blossom in this season. And I felt like the Lord said, that one, that one's going to carry even a greater expression than you ever thought. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. Lord, I, I thank you, uh, Lord, for those branches that are about to, to bear fruit. They seem like they were dormant, but, but Lord, I thank you that there's about to be a fruitfulness like never before. And so, Lord, would you just bless them? Lord, I thank you for provision. I thank you for open doors, heart connection, connections of relationships, Lord. Lord, that you would just release, that you would bless them 
in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the, Lord, the breath of God. Lord, those moments that kind of take our breath away. At any moment, God, we're about to see your face. At any moment, we're about to see your face. And if you want that more than anything else, will you just stand where you are? You can come to the altar if you want. You can, come on, I just believe this. And the Lord's going to have me get out of the way here in a second. And, and I just believe right now that, that place of, of awe and wonder, that, that place of, Lord, your presence is our very destination this morning. Your presence is our destination. Lord, more than revival, more than outpouring, more than extended meetings, Lord, we want you. We want your face. We want your heart. We want to know you. We want to see you. We want to. Lord, I thank you for that multi generational, that five generation move of your spirit. Lord, I bless what you're doing in Gen Z. Lord, I bless what you're doing in Gen Z. Lord, it excites me. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the younger generation. Lord, I thank you for the way that you're releasing a Simeon anointing on some of us. That we'll be able to declare our eyes have seen what we prayed for. Our eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. Our eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Lord, thanks for that. Lord, thanks for that. My brother in the green shirt with your hands in the po- your pockets there. I-, I just saw the Lord like putting his forehead to your forehead. And uh, it, was, it was like this, like the, the, the Lord put his head, like I feel like it's a season of head to head. And it's not like you're butting heads. It was like he leaned his head, you leaned your head. And you were looking in that place of eye to eye. It's that place of, 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 of with agreeing with the Lord. It's that place of seeing eye to eye with God. There's something about, uh, Paul said that we've been given the mind of Christ. And I just felt like the Lord said, son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to think like heaven. And I just felt like just the, the, these God thoughts are about to just pop into your mind. Like some of them may be for ministry, some of them may be entrepreneurial, some of them be family, some of them, but, but it was like just the thoughts of God. So Lord, thanks for that. Lord, thanks for the anointing of your grace. Lord, I thank you. Lord, in what you're doing in the earth, Lord, you won't pass us by. You won't look us over. You're looking right at us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for the new sound that's coming out of this place, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the things that you're going to do. Lord, they're going to be original and unprecedented. I feel this really strong in my heart, my spirit today. There's going to be moments where we simply go, I don't even have language for it. I don't even have words for it. So, Lord, would you create a new vernacular? Would you create a new vocabulary? Lord, Lord would you just pour out? Lord, would you show us your face? Would you show us your face today, God? Lord, I thank you right now how you're marking us, how you're moving in us, through us. And 
around us, God. I feel like wave after wave after wave. As the winds blew through here this week and in Tennessee as well, I asked the Lord what he was doing and he just simply said, I'm clearing the air. I'm breathing in the earth. I'm moving. I'm dancing across the deep. I'm releasing divine disturbances. I feel like the Lord is releasing a divine disturbance where he's disturbing everything that we thought was normal. He's disturbing those things that everything we've built altars to or monuments to. And he's he's releasing this divine disturbance to shake things loose. Over the last couple of years, we endured shaking, but now the Lord said the remedy is stirring. And I feel like there's a stirring anointing coming to the house of God this morning where the Lord is stirring up gifts. He's stirring up revelation. He's stirring up anointing. He's stirring up worshipers. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of worship that's about to fill this room, God. Lord, Lord, I thank you right now that it's not going to look like upper room. It's not going to look like IHOP. It's not going to look like Asbury. Lord, it's going to look like the kingdom of God in Convergence. Lord, it's going to look like the kingdom of God in Fort Worth. It's going to look like the kingdom of God on James Street. Lord, I just thank you Lord, the season of comparison is over. A while back, the Lord spoke these words to me. A lot tries to compete with me, but nothing compares to me. Lord, we just say that, Lord, there's there's none other but you. There's none other but you, that that you stand alone. It's who you are is holy. You stand on your own merit. You, You stand on your own. There's no one like you. There's no one but you. You're high and lifted up in Fort Worth today. Lord, we know that if you'd be high and lifted up, you'd draw all men unto yourself. So, Lord, we raise our hallelujah. We raise our song. We raise our worship. We raise uh, the cries of our heart. But, Lord, I thank you for the turning of hearts. Lord, I thank you for this season of the return, the great return, the great turning of hearts that's coming, Lord, right now to America. Lord, I thank you. That, Lord, you're calibrating the eyes of the elect so that we don't get our eyes on the next election, but we keep our eyes fixed on you. That we don't get, we don't exchange uh, politics for governmental authority in this season, Lord. But, Lord, we fix our eyes straight on you. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you're healing us of distraction. You're setting us free so that we would focus on you, that you would be the main thing, you would be the main attraction, God. So, Lord, let your wind, let your spirit, let your the breath of God just flow in this room this afternoon. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for the way you're about to move uh, among the Spanish speakers throughout the state of Texas, throughout the United States of America, Lord, as we are singing that. Lord, we just declare right now that, that Lord, that you would move, Lord, upon the Hispanic, the, the Spanish-speaking uh, cultures and, and, and people groups around uh, this region, Lord, we bless them. Lord, we, we declare that, Lord, you sent them here. Lord, we thank you for the fire that they're carrying in this hour. Lord, we thank you right now that, that, that Lord, we're all one body, one one blood, one spirit, Lord, that, that drawn together by the Spirit of God. 
Lord, I thank you right now for the outpouring. We're taking place in so many different places and ways around the earth, and we give you honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name. Well, you just let a uh, just just let a sound come out of you this afternoon. Just let a song come out of you right now. Just if you don't know what to do, just pray in the spirit. If you don't know what to say, just let him give you the words as the spirit gives you utterance, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare that, Lord, you're the main attraction. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you for your prophetic word today. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, it gives us a, 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 gives us eyes, gives us this ability to, to say this is where you're going, this is where we're moving. But, Lord, today we just want to worship you this morning. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, right now we just give you our reasonable act of worship today. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that I'm releasing a new fragrance upon the house. I'm releasing a new oil and a new fragrance that comes for those that have brought in and broken their alabaster box before me. And the Lord says that I'm releasing this fragrance, the fragrance of heaven. I'm releasing a testimony upon the people of God in this season. That as it was with the woman who broke the box, broke the alabaster box of perfume over my head and over my feet. Lord, said it would be said of you like it was said of her that surely that, that they've been with him. Surely they've been with Jesus. Surely they've been in the presence of God. And I just believe even right now, the, the Lord is releasing his fragrance. I, all day today, I've been smelling different smells in the room. Like I smelled fresh bread at one moment. And I, I, I smelled like the, the, the frankincense and the myrrh at another moment. And, and I just really feel like right now, I know it seems like a different word. But I'm just telling you right now, the fragrance of heaven is being released upon us today. And so, Lord, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Lord, for marking us in your presence, for marking us in moments like this, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Just tell them, Lord, you're all we want, you're all we need. He said, likewise, you're all I want. Lord, I, I thank you that when you just want us, and you desire to be with us, Lord, you're not a far away God. You're the, draw, you're the Lord who comes close. You never leave us or forsake us. You're so closer than a brother. be a people where you live. Can this be a house where you live? I thank you for that, Lord, for a dwelling place, a sanctuary. In Isaiah 66, 1, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. But who will build me a house? We say you can build that here. You can build it in me. You can build it in this place, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we're just going to keep worshiping the Lord today. Pastor Andrew wants to do anything he can, but you just lift your hands high this morning. Lord, we receive your word. Lord, we receive your revelation. We receive your prophetic word to us today. Lord, we receive the rhema word, the logos word. We receive the preach word, the prophesied word. Lord, we say that, Lord, would you mark us in this moment, God, would you... Lord, we'd let something happen in us today that we carry for the rest of the days of our life. Lord, would we be a people who do something to you that you go, ah, oh, that moment, that fragrance, that, that touch, that, Lord, somebody touch the hem of my garment today. Lord, can we live in moments like this forever, Lord? I thank you for the foretaste that you're giving us of what, just little glimpses of what heaven is like, Lord. You're giving us heaven on earth. Lord, I ask right now that you would just come, you would dwell, you would, be in our mix today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. fresh thing that he's doing right now. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you. 
thank you for what you're releasing here, Lord, for what you're releasing on the earth right now. We thank you for the fresh oil, Lord. people in the room that the Lord is speaking to you very personally. There's a personal word that the Lord wants to, he just is breathing right now and there's just, there's a fresh word, there's a fresh rhema word. So Lord, I just ask you that you would breathe on that right now, Lord. You're releasing personal words to people, Lord. We don't even have to have someone that's giving prophetic words for you to prophesy over people. stay stay in this place of ministry I just want to bless us as we leave Lord I just bless what you're doing we bless the word that was spoken we bless the word Lord and we just bless it to bear fruit we bless it to bear fruit Lord every personal word but even the corporate word that you released this morning Lord over convergence over um over the body of Christ as a whole, Lord, and we just ask you that it would bear fruit, fruit that remains, Lord. It's like David said, we're not here just for a, a revival now, we're here to be a revival because that's how revival remains. That's how the fruit remains. And so I just bless every household represented, every person, if you came here from another church, we bless you. If you're here and, and you traveled to get here, we bless you. We just bless this week, Lord, that we are going to carry this word into the week, Lord. And that you would continue to pour out more oil this week. We bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. also felt to encourage all of you to re-listen to this morning because God didn't just release encouraging words for the morning. God was releasing things for all of us to be marked by and they're, they're for us personally. And I, and I just felt God say, like, go back and re-listen to this message and write them down. Write down what God was saying and receive it and ask the Lord what it looks like in your own life. Because this is for all of us to receive what God is saying and to steward it and for it to bear fruit in our lives personally as well as corporately. So I really want to encourage you to take these words that they're not just corporate, but they're personal. Yeah, that's so good. All right. We'll see you guys Friday for Jesus Night. You can make it 7 o'clock right here.
We're so, so thankful that David came and shared that word this morning. So good. So thankful for what the Lord's doing. We bless you. We love you. Those watching online, thanks for joining us.